Hi, I'm Greg Gavazia. And I'm Luke Phillips. And this is the Semi Crazy Podcast. The podcast by truckers, for truckers. Yeah, you have to really hit, hit the record button. Okay, but it's countering and, and all yeah, that stuff. The countdown is on and, okay, and, we're, and we're live. Yeah, here we are, live. Two week delay. But we're live. <laughs> that's all right. There'll be no. Uh, there's actually no delay, anyways, because we just keep rolling them every week. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Just back up. They get the extra. We're good. So because you know that's the type of guys that we are. Is we truck six days a week and we want to talk about it on our day off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems logical. Yeah. Why not? Right. I think it's a great idea. So how was your trip? My trip was awesome. Because you, was... you only had one trip last week. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so it's pretty easy to do the just load, drive, yeah, three thousand kilometers, and then come back. But yeah, that's an amazing, it's an amazing trip to do once. I would not drive to Alaska every week. Yeah, that would get old. Yeah, the uh, there's a section of road there that like I've never had my front suspension bottom out on that truck. Ooh. And and I hit and I hit the bump stops three times, and I was not going fast. Yeah. Yeesh. Pi was in the bunk, and literally the one bump we hit, Karen turned around in time to see her catapulted into the air, <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> so to say she wasn't a fan of yeah. that section of road would be putting it mildly. <laughs> Flying dogs. Yeah. yeah. So other than that, though, awesome. Like, there's so much. I, I, I've never seen so many bears. We got to the end of it. It's just like, oh, yeah. Hey, bear. Another bear. Yeah, another bear. Oh, yeah. This has got cubs. It's like seeing deer. Yeah, totally. It, and uh, we saw a couple of grizzlies. Oh, that'd be neat. Yeah. Um, cow uh, cow and calf moose. And the calf was about the size of a, you know, maybe a, just a large dog. So the calf was new, new. New, new. Yeah, like light colored and new. It was really, it was just, it was just cool, right? Because you just never see that, right? No, it is the time of year if you're going to do that drive. Yeah. So, no, it was awesome. Everything was shut down in Whitehorse, of course, but so our day there was, well, we did a bunch of walking, but didn't see much. But, yeah, it was cool. Did you guys just stay in the truck? No, we actually did two uh, two hotel days, which made it... Uh, that actually, breaks it up nicely. Yeah, because uh, the other thing, if you go up there, there's not a lot of places for showers and everything else, right? So Yeah, you almost have to when you're up there. Yeah. 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 So and, and I've started thinking any long trip I take, like if I go to Texas... I'm going to probably get a hotel on the far end. It was just nice. Like, if you're going to do your reset. Yeah, at least get it for one That's a hundred bucks. Right. You know, 150 bucks or, you know, at, at the, yeah, it eats into your profit, I guess. But. Yeah, <laughs> but it's sanity. Yeah. So what's your, what's your sanity worth, right? Yeah. I mean, I love trucking and I like being in my truck, but when I've got a full day off, it's nice to have some, have some room. Yeah. And it, it seems like you actually get up and do stuff if you're. In a hotel room, right? Yeah. Whereas if you're in your truck, you're probably just going to sleep the day away. <laughs> totally. And you're, you're weak. I, I kind of know the answer, but. Uh, it's a week where I need therapy. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to put that one behind me. Um, I had it. I had an extra long weekend because I didn't have an un- unload appointment until like uh, it was Tuesday night, which was fine. But then I ended up in the shop on Wednesday and then that just threw the whole week out. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good week. Yeah, you bet. Like one of those things where your mom says, uh, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's pretty much where I'm at. But yeah. 
Oh, that's the shits. Yeah, it happens to everybody from time oh, to time. It, so. Yeah, it's uh, it's trucking. There's mm-hmm. no real other way to put it, right? Yeah. But uh, I don't know the Simpsons movie. I got a picture sent to me the other night, and it was a quote from that when Bart's chained to the post. It was oh, yeah. the worst day of my life. Correction, <laughs> the worst day of your life so far. <laughs> that's trucking. Yeah. But the good days are great, so works out. I don't mind. That oh, takes yeah. the bad with the good, right? Yeah. Oh, that's good. It, it, I mean, you make it through it anyways. Oh, yeah, and it's it's good to be in a position to, like, it could have been a lot worse, yeah. right? I was close to the shop when I noticed my truck acting up, so it was a pretty easy decision, you know? 20-kilometer each-way detour, just get it fixed. They pulled me right in. Like, there was no waiting or anything like that, so. Yeah. Could have been worse. Definitely could have been worse. Yeah. Then you lead to a good day like today, which I'm sure everybody can hear the, out, the sounds of the outdoors and... Yeah, my sanity of my little trucker haven here. It's far, far away from any highways, so you don't hear them. <laughs> well, I, this might be a first world problem, but I go. I, I like getting at Timmy's. So I go there this morning, and this is my pet peeve. You never find out you've got a bad lid until you get down the road and you go to grab it. I didn't. I managed not to spill coffee all over my pickup, but it was kind of leaking in the cup holder a bit. And the first time I picked it up, pop, the top comes off, right? And so... The side of it gets pushed down somehow. I'm not sure how they miss that. <laughs> aggressive lidding. Yeah, I guess aggressive yeah. lidding when they're when it's really busy, right? So, a little pet peeve, a little aside, non-trucking related, but trucking related because just if you're in Canada, face it, you drink Tim's. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That is definitely I'd consider that a trucking problem. Yeah, I, I blame the new lids because they've got more structure to them. The the lids have more structure and the cup has less. Yeah. Whereas the old lids just kind of... Yeah. The cup won. Now the lid wins and that's not good. <laughs> In this case here, lid lid one, cup zero. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the McDonald's has a superior cup now, so... I agree. <laughs> the double I, line cup. I uh, say as I'm sitting here next to the Tim Hortons cup, I don't drink Tim Hortons that often. No. Really on the road. I guess it's kind of what you do too, right? Like, it's not a big deal for me. Yeah. So I just make my own. But uh, I got quite a few buddies that every night they're parked within walking distance to a Tim Hortons. (laughs) It's like a requirement. Yeah. Yeah. We can't stop there. Why? There's no Tim Hortons. Uh, All right. Yeah. If you're listening to this trucker path, make sure that you uh, put the uh, Tim Hortons. If those are marked clearly, you'd probably have a ton more subscribers. Yeah. And the ones. (laughs) It would be even better to have the ones marked with, like, an empty lot next to them. Ah, yes. Right? Or pull in. There's little things like that. Everybody has their requirements when they park, right? Yep. Uh, I mean, chief uh, chief among them is a bathroom close by for me. I just, not having services is terrible. That's my one thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you get, I mean, there are times where it's uh, it's unavoidable. You got to park where you got to park. But, yeah, I always try to plan that part of it. Yeah, oh, definitely. I would say it uh, directly affects my day if I don't <laughs> park. Because <laughs> that's one of the things, you know, it's your it's your little bit of alone time, your time of the day, right? <laughs> so you'd like to be in the spot that you like. Yeah. And when I had a regular run, like I was uh, pulling wheels, McMurray, I had my spot. Yeah. That was where I went. That's that. You kind of... You get into those things like we were talking about this uh, the other day, not you and I, but my wife and I were talking about it and how 
how hard it is for me. It's hard for me to imagine doing the same run every day, day in, day out, or every week. Like, I can't. For me, I like the variety. But there are people who are total creatures of habit. And, I mean, it's completely up to you. It's what you make it, right? And some people, we ran into some guys who have uh, have run that Yukon, uh, Edmonton Yukon, 14 years. How? Yeah. And so they know all the spots. Like, we were stopped getting, and I, I was marveling at this little roadhouse. had had great coffee and everything and, and some washrooms and that and talking to the guys. And, yeah, one guy was 14 years. The other guy was 10 years. Wow. But they know every bump in the road. They know everything else. And so they don't have surprises on their route. Yeah. Which is a bonus, I guess. You get your alone time where you need your alone time, everything else. But you're seeing that same damn road. Yeah, I see. And uh, I, when I think about it for myself, on face value, I, you know, well, that'd be boring. But then you, I look back on what I've done and I've ran the same roads. So it, it is... It's nice to be in familiar territory, but not necessarily the same thing every day, right? Yeah, true enough. You know, and then you get your stretches of road that you like. Yeah. Like, I've got one every week you know, on my way home that it adds a bit, but I like that stretch of road better, so I'll go that <laughs> way. And there's no scale, so that makes a difference. Yeah, there's no, that doesn't really, uh, that's not why, is it? No, wouldn't be. Well, technically, there's still a scale. <laughs> they just don't have a house next to the scale. Ah, okay. So I gotcha. I gotcha. Makes the guy feel a little more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. all honesty, usually when I roll past that part of the country, it's seldom. It's not scale time. No. No, it is definitely dark 30. But that's nice. Like, coming back to that, it's nice to get on a familiar stretch of road. And when, you know, nighttime is where I, I like a familiar stretch of road. You can just kick her back. If it's a stretch of road you know and it's curvy, you can actually rail on it if it's if yeah. you know it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like Highway 37. I love that that <laughs> road. <laughs> well, and you know it, like back your hand, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Drove that road lots. Yeah, I I have a few a few places like that too. I like I know the the stretch between uh, actually between Kelowna and uh, not sorry not Kelowna between Kamloops and Vernon. I know that really well. Yep. Hauled so many loads of seedlings up there. And so daytime, nighttime, actually, I would say all the way to Oliver like that. I, I used to know it just like the back of my hand. And so all those corners, I knew exactly how quick I could go into them. And it was kind of fun. Oh yeah. You get to have a good time for a change. Yeah. yeah. Especially when I had a truck that had Jake that made noise. It was a lot of fun because you come into every corner and Jake and then rail around it. It was a good time. Yep. So if there's a thing I miss about old trucks is the Jake sound because my truck does not really make much of a Jake sound. So I kind of maybe do it in my head sometimes or I could just send you a video recording of mine and you can play it on your figure out a switch so that when I lift the throttle, it makes <laughs> yeah, it plays through your stereo. Yeah, there you go. You know what? That's not even a terrible idea. I actually thought of that at one point because there's a. I think Porsche does it, and I think maybe even Chev does it in a Camaro or a Vet, where they actually play uh, engine noise back in through the speakers when you put it in sport mode. So when you put it in, like, uh, touring mode, the, the vehicle's, like, super quiet and chill, and, and then when you put it in sport mode, tightens up the suspension, pipes in some exhaust noise and all that. And so I was thinking, like, for these new trucks that don't make the noise... Okay, yeah, when you're on a long day and you're just like, no, I just leave it on, you know, touring. Yeah. Chill out mode, right? 
and then that way you're not disturbing the peace but you pipe that engine noise back in so you're, you're grinning ear to ear when you want to be right yeah yeah you're not waking up a family of six at three in the morning yeah right but yeah my truck i can go 2100 right through town on the jakes and you'll never even know it yeah <laughs> not in my case no no not at all i don't exactly <laughs> turn my jakes off though i'll say i'm guilty of that so yeah I've had guys come out of their house and get mad. Like when I was doing the re- a regular run, yeah, there was a guy in a town just south of here that, uh, yeah, if he was at his cottage, he came out next to the road and he'd start waving his fist at me and stuff. But you could hear me coming for a while. It was yeah. a long hill into town, and I was pulling <laughs> oh. forty wheels usually. So. <laughs> but uh, other well, than that, I've never like I've never been pulled over for it. Well, I had an N fourteen with six inch straights, which I think are almost louder than sevens or eights on an n14 they most definitely are yep yeah and i had when i had that truck i was always told how loud it was but inside it had the quiet cab interior so it was a 2000 with the like really good insulation so it just sounded good inside when you're jake and full anyways i i always got told by everybody oh man that thing's loud and i thought nah, whatever not a big deal so then i was sitting down in my shop one day and my driver was out in it and I all of a sudden hear this like cracking and loud freaking noise. And I thought like, so I popped my head out of the shop to look and he's in nowhere. I can't see it. So this is in, uh, in white court and I was downtown. I like at a shop downtown by in behind fountain tire down there. Okay. Yep. And he was up uh, by the airport coming down towards gun range and I could hear it clear as a bell. Like, okay, yeah, it is pretty loud. It's yeah. a pretty loud truck. Yeah, maybe I should put some mufflers yeah. on Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a, a C15 with five-inch straight, straights. Oh, and fives I, even. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was coming down a hill in Montana, big valley down to a set of train tracks and then going up the other side. And my wife was piloting. She said to me, and we're on nights through Montana, right? So it's two <laughs> in the morning. And we get up to town and we let the trucks cool off before we go through town, so try and be a little respectful right engine fans aren't blaring and stuff and uh she's like you know you probably don't have to get on the radio and tell me when you're clear of those rails at the bottom of the hill i'm like oh why she's like because i can hear you from the top the whole <laughs> way down and she's in town like four miles away but that was you know those five inch straights at 1700 rpm on the jakes for yeah five ten minutes <laughs> did you ever have any problem with the with like with the jake head stuff on them jaking for that kind of time with that kind of weight behind it nope no i never ran into anything uh you definitely set valves more often yeah but other than that no no you get it in its happy place and it seems to just be happy yeah i i found like yeah the cats always like to jake in there and that n14 liked it up like 19 to 21 yeah that's where the comments seem to and and above scary (laughs) (laughs) danger zone one of the guys we used to haul logs with he used to jake his all the time 24 25 he wasn't rebuilding them or doing anything like that but those he had binders and with n14s in them how much oil was he putting in them every day though no they were good well but they don't build them like they used to yeah and he had like 460s and 500s and these were like 90s trucks like everybody used to give him a hard time but his trucks you know if they rolled over, they put them back on their wheels and put a mirror on them and they'd go back to work and it never really seemed to have a lot of trouble. Like they were. Yeah. 
sometimes, especially for driver trucks, you got to sit back when you're buying it and think, is it really something that has to be nice? <laughs> <laughs> like if I was buying a truck for a driver, it'd probably be a corn binder. Yeah. They're cheap. They're the same guts as any other truck. You know, really. I took a, uh, one of those new LTs for a drive. Actually, super nice truck to drive. I, I can't believe you. I'm sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I sat in a Lone Star before Christmas. I was working for a guy. And uh, I sat in a Lone Star because my dad was driving it. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, cool. Wouldn't want to drive one. And then I showed up one day. And my assigned truck was an 04 Pete 379. Nice truck. He's like, yeah. Uh, somebody's out in your truck, so you're going to take the Lone Star. I just laughed. I was like, I quit. <laughs> Bye. They have, uh, on these trucks anyway, they had those International Max Force or whatever they are, motors. Okay, never mind. Pulling Super Vs. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, but they had an indent behind, like on the firewall side, behind the throttle. So you could put the throttle to the floor and then slide your foot in there. And just relax. And it would hold <laughs> to, the thing on the floor. <laughs> to lock it up. So it was at that moment that I realized, hmm, maybe I don't want to drive one of these. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give those guys credit because those trucks that come along. The LT is a different interior now. They're a different cab. They're different. Even oh, the Lone okay. Star is. And I do have some good friends that sell internationals as well. So, <laughs> But... They're a, they're a little different truck, but the, the, that motor, I mean, even the guys that work there would tell you it was a disaster for them, right? Yeah. Like, the idea behind it was good. You got a cat motor. Everybody loved the cat. But cat stopped doing it when... For a reason. Yeah, when it came to emissions for a reason. Cause they, they saw the writing on the wall when emissions first came out. And when cat got out of it, like, look at the Cummins 2020, well, 2010 to 2013. Just yeah. horrible, right? You're in-framing them at 300 or doing a top end at 300,000. We had a, a gravel outfit that I worked at. We had a fleet of six 2012s, a couple 2011s in there maybe, but they were all Cummins. And yeah, 300,000, delete them, do a top end, put them out the door, watch them break down every four days. And like that, that was it. Like We ended up getting rid of them. And yes. It was weird. One day I started hauling trucks to the sale, and then I finally asked the boss when I was the last truck parked in the yard. I was like, so when are the new trucks showing up? He's like, no, it's just you now. Like, oh, sweet. <laughs> uh, this whole shop, that shop was 140 by 80 on our side, and then there was a heavy equipment side. And, uh, yeah, that was all, that all was for me. All left? You were the only guy left? Yep. So everything got parked inside. Truck, 40-wheeler, everything. <laughs> <laughs> you got to like that. I miss that so much showing up and it was nice because I'd pull my pickup in the bay, close the door, walk over to my big truck, check the oil, do everything in the nice warm, no frozen brakes, <laughs> spoiled. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, it, you should have that at the end of your career, not at the start. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Right. <laughs> I had a brand new truck and this big shop. I was, yeah. Spoiled. You're really doing things ass backwards. You realize that, right? Yeah. And now I've, crawl around on the gravel under my old truck every weekend yeah i got fun. i got lucky though like i got treated really well at a lot of companies that i drove for before i went on my own so it's good to see how the other half live right the guys <laughs> with all the payments yeah. like i had guys work for me and, and i had a few question me that how basically questioned that i was making all the money and you know giving me the you know 
yeah, you know, you need to pay more because you're making all this money because you own yeah, the trucks. And they I, have no I'm, idea what it actually is. Yeah, like that's what do the air quotes because, yeah, it's you own it, but the bank actually owns, like, I don't think, I think it'd be very hard pressed to find somebody who'd just go pay cash for a truck now. Even I, even a big company, I don't believe they go pay cash for theirs because, no, because they might they, as well use somebody else's money. Yeah, exactly. They'd be silly too. Yeah. Right? And that's like, and I've been in that exact spot uh, working for percentage and being like, you know, this is a joke. And uh, now being on the other side of it, yeah, like there's not that much in it. Yeah. You can do well, but, it, but there's like, yeah, for until you, until you sit in that seat, you don't realize where the, you're not doing well because of the income, to be perfectly honest. You're doing well because of the tax write-offs. Yeah. That's all it is. Owning a truck is basically just a way to keep a bit more money from the government. <laughs> right? And you look at the corporate tax rate and the personal tax rate, and that's that, right? In my opinion, anyway. I'm no tax wizard, and I haven't been in this that long, so I could... You know, I don't know shit, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's different types of knowledge, though. There's... Yeah. You know, there's the hands-on side of it, and then there's the numbers side of it, and and you get better at the numbers side of it. It's easier to teach that, quite honestly, than it is to teach your til- your skill set. Yeah, trucking, like being an owner-operator is not driving the truck. That's like 25% of it, mm-hmm. right? It's not not the hard part at all. <laughs> it's the, the numbers and the maintenance and, and the preventative maintenance and how your <laughs> preventative maintenance affects your numbers. And, well, and you come down to cost, you know, everything costs like Chinese tires versus brand name tires. I've got to do tires on my truck on one drive axle. And, uh, that's, I got to figure that out this weekend is which way I'm going. I'm pretty sure I already know which way I'm going, but yeah, the, the brand names though, they, they do, you do get more life out of them and you'll get money for a casing. And my big thing is, uh, rock drill. Yeah. Right. That is my biggest tire wear. Is rock doing what you do for yeah, sure yeah 100 percent, right see i sat and i did the numbers with a buddy yokohama's versus long march drives and you get a little over half the life out of the chinese and they're just under half the price so the numbers make sense but i just can't i i don't think it's worth it and i don't think that recaps are worth it well another area to look at on the numbers side of it is if you looked at the actual rolling resistance of those tires chinese ones are never published but if you pick pick two of them up pick up a a chinese like a long march or whatever and roll that yourself then take a michelin uh say an xdn2 or uh especially if you went if you go to like an x-line energy if you can get away with it an energy d and roll that thing and you'd be like huh if i have to work this much less how much less does my truck have to work to turn eight of these freaking things see and this is the useful information that guys like me i'm like i never thought of that right but that could make well it will make a difference on your fuel mileage yeah and so then when you hmm. now you've got you've done you've done your homework you're doing doing the right thing by going okay well here's the cost here's the mileage okay there's that mm-hmm. now add in fuel economy okay well if i'm gonna burn two ten or you know two tenths of a mile gallon say like a really good low rolling resistance versus like a heavy uh, seven seven five style Chinese one could be close to half mile a gallon. Huh. I got so many thoughts going through my head about this. I don't know which way to go. 
But if they're a, a lower rolling resistance, do you think that it's a lower uh, amount of rubber or a lower amount of belting, so you're going to run into more rock drill? Uh, yeah, so if it's a lower rolling resistance tire, do you think that there's less material in it or a weaker material, so it's going to have more rock drill? I don't think it's a weaker material. I would be... I'd be interested to see because you don't see a lot of guys running super low rolling resistance like the XD or X-Line Energy Drive. See, and I've got an X-Line, I've got X-Line Energy steers. And they're good. And they're good. So far, so good. Yeah, because that's the best. That is literally the lowest rolling resistance steer you can get. I'm pretty sure they're X-Line Energies. I know one of them. I'm pretty sure one of them is because we put a steer on when I bought it. Yeah. Um, I know that the... And I can't believe I'm putting this on, you know, out there. But uh, I put a recap on my truck a couple of weeks ago because I was being cheap. Yeah. And it's an X-Line Energy steer casing. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I went with the recap is he had it there and it was a steer casing. And I'm like, okay, this will be good. And then 10,000K and I've got sidewall problems, which is great. And why I'm not using recaps on my other drives. I'll tell you something I learned a long time ago about running different tires casings if you put a casing beside a casing they have to be the same make and they need to be the same tire see and i broke both those rules because i was not paying attention and when i called the tire shop i asked for michelin xds twos yeah he's like yeah we've got virgins and recaps and i didn't look at it before he put it on because i was inside pricing out rims and uh I come out and it's an X-Line Energy steer casing, which he told me it was a steer casing. Yeah. But the recap is definitely, it, it's a wannabe Michelin recap. Yeah, I understand the logic behind a steer casing. And it would work totally fine if you had a steer casing beside a steer casing. Yeah, so... But they flex at a different rate. So when you're going down the road, because even having your air pressure, if you have 95, this is a problem I've got right now, and that's why I can speak to it. I got 95 pounds in one. I'm pretty sure I don't have the same on the inside because my because I cheaped out on tire gauge of all things. So my tire gauge on the what inside, yeah. <laughs> so my inside gauge. It, so I I started to notice a little bit of feather wear in my tire, and I'm sure it's because I got 95 on the outside, and I probably have, well, what have I got? 93 on the inside. If I got 93, wouldn't make a difference. Sorry, but 80. If I got 100, if I got 80. I still can't believe that you run your tires as low as you do. Like, I get out the air hose if it's anything under 105. Well, so your tires rated um, on your on your steers though. I wouldn't go anything under like 110 on steers. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more than 110 on my steers. Um, Drive tires that's though. My secret though, what I run my steers at, and we're leaving that off the air. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> But your drive tires, because if you look at the weight rating on them, if you're running only uh, legal weights on them, you can run them at about 85, and you're well within your weight rating per inflation. I haul grain. I am always on the legal side of Yes, okay. Weights, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I, I know other people that just swear more air is better. More air well, is better. But I, in talking to... In talking to the guys at MD Alignment, uh, like Mike Beckett, that guy is, knows, has forgot more about alignment and tire wear than I'll, I'll ever know. And he's the only guy I've ever seen that can run his hand over the top of your tire and tell you why your truck's misaligned and be right. See, I need to go see him. Yeah. You he's just on the wrong side the... of that line, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
just my truck doesn't go that far south it just turns around <laughs> um i got i was told by a few tire guys something that really just sticks in my head is it's the, not that your tire that's carrying the load it's the air which is why i'm one of those guys more air the better granted like 125 is getting a little excessive but uh when i'm airing up my tires like i air up for my truck yeah. i just put it on there and walk away let us do its thing your truck's only going to put out so much sure your truck goes to what 135 but then it's going through a series of valves still and it's got to get all the way back there there's no way my little single one compressor is going to push 120 anything over 120 psi to any of my drives and then do you check them oh yeah yeah and it's like one 110 115 yeah it basically i guess it's where you're getting your wear at. i mean i run light so much yeah, I can run, I could run mine at eighty if I wanted to, and I still wouldn't get any adverse wear because of because because what you got to look at is the reason I say that uh, thing about your wear is so if you're running heavier all the time, your tires are generally squatted. Yeah, so you're getting that even wear across it, and yeah, to uh, to a point, the air does carry it, but then there's also sidewall, and then there's also how the the tread contacts, and the way the tread contacts is the whole thing that makes up your tire wear. See, and there's uh, an interesting point because on the trailers I pull, they're company trailers, it's got an inflation system. And you know, the inflation systems from factory are set at like 92 or 95 PSI, right? Uh, this one was bumped up to 110 and it's Chinese tires. And when I'm going empty down the highway, I can actually see that it's not riding on the sidewalls. But you look at how the tires wore previously on that trailer set at a lower, lower PSI, they didn't wear right because they were riding too much on the sidewall. Yeah. So if you're, if you're overinflated, you'll drag your sidewalls and you'll get sidewall wear. You'll get that feather wear on the outside. Yep. And your you're your middle of your tread will be fine. And then if you're underinflated, you'll get this wear down the center that looks really screwed up. And the outside will be wearing totally fine, right? Yep. And then steer tire wear is different. Like, I I wish I could remember everything that Mike said about tire wear. I'm probably going to have to go. In my opinion, if your steers aren't wearing even, just take it to the shop. <laughs> right? My well, opinion. Um, yeah. So how often do you check your tire pressure? I check it weekly, which probably isn't as much as I should, but I do. Do you thump your tires every morning? Oh, yeah. Truck off, truck running or truck off when you thump your tires? I do it before anything else. Yeah. See, I'm the same, so you can actually hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lesson in thumping tires and how they should sound at a scale in Broadus, Montana. Oh, yeah. I've been professionally trained by DOT. <laughs> yeah. As he was telling me, I've got six low tires on my wagon. Well, they we did an interesting thing, too, uh, again, with those guys from MD. He had everybody thump a set of drive tires. Oh, yeah. Had them set at various things. And only two people picked up the drive that was at 50. 50? Oh, boy. Yeah, you should be able to hear that. Definitely. You, you would think, right? Yeah. And... Uh, I'll be honest. I was not one of them. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I was really surprised that I didn't pick it up because I like to be the star student and I was not. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you don't drink at school, Greg. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> a lesson we should all learn. <laughs> yes. I learned that in high school, but whatever. <laughs> Mine wasn't just because I didn't pick up on something. I missed out on being the star student, though. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it was very no noticeable that I was intoxicated. <laughs> Usually when you misc your misc, uh, misc. 
And and is there not a rule about being intoxicated on podcasts? <laughs> I don't think so. Not not today because you came to my house. Oh, there you go. Right. So yeah. you have to be sober, but true enough. True enough. And it is like ten thirty in the morning. So. Oh yeah, we we would be well within our rights if we wanted to. Oh, I definitely think so. Yep. <laughs> it's Sunday. There's no no rules on Sundays. Yeah, it's that's one thing I I sure like about my job right now is that I most weekends have this Sunday, a lot of times Saturday as well. And having that time to time to yourself is just, it's nice. Yeah, I'm just going to cross this off my list because this is on the list to talk about. <laughs> um, the, like I, my whole career, not the whole career, my first couple of years, not so much. But um, since I started doing heavy haul, it was always Sundays off because there's very few jurisdictions that you can travel on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I really don't enjoy working Sundays. Whether I get home or not, I don't care. Yeah. But like I could hang out in my bunk on a Sunday and be happy. Just truck doesn't go in gear unless it's going to the wash bay on Sunday. <laughs> um, so then this this grain haul and where I've had, I get half of my Saturday usually and Sunday is really nice change. Oh, totally. Yeah, there's been lots of times granted, you know, doing heavy haul where you got to travel Sunday afternoon, you know, like be in Calgary for Monday morning, but that's reasonable right yeah just sunday shouldn't be a normal day and i'm not saying that for any reason other than your personal sanity because keeping your trucking your trucking life and your life life separate and we've talked about this before like 95 percent of my friends are in the industry yeah i have very few people that i hang out with that aren't trucking yeah um so it's hard to keep that separate and then having it sit in your driveway and have stuff to do on it every weekend there's you have to come to a point where, okay, I don't grease this weekend because I'm going to hang out with my wife. Yeah. Right. And if you don't do that, that's, you just go down a bad road. And that's where you hear these guys getting divorced or having problems at home or, you know, this, that, and the next thing. There, by no means do I think that there should be, oh, I'm not doing any maintenance every weekend, you know? Yeah. But there is a fine line, and finding that line is really hard. And I think that's what's important about about this even even just the uh us being able to talk with each other about it and and like you say having all these friends in the industry you know you go down the road and you chat with them and 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 you're able you know i've been talking to more and more people lately about just that like figuring out the balance you know yeah and and it's the same way i i've i've come to this realization as well like i like to have my sunday off or saturday off and if it's on the road it's not as ideal, but it's still, it's nice. I don't move. I just kind of chill. And I find I get a better rest on my day off if I'm on the road. Oh, do you? Yeah. Cause there's nothing to do, right? <laughs> I come home and there's, even if I'm not working on the truck, I've got, you know, a six inch list of stuff to do around the yard because I live on an acreage. So there's always stuff to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It really is. I guess it depends on if you find find what you do restful, right? Like sometimes that stuff that is around the house is kind of therapeutic in a way too. Like for me, it's like go, you know, I've been home and I built uh, built some equipment for my kid to work out with, and for well, for everybody to work out with. So I built a home gym in the in the garage. Yep. So that was at first I thought it was kind of a chore, and then I took it to actually be it was fun. Like oh, okay, well I got to design this. How I'm going to do that and and I've started to get to where like construction projects are kind of, kind of fun. Yep. I've thought about going, like I did a lot of carpentry when I was younger before I started trucking. 
I framed houses through high school and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, and I really that's something I've been thinking a lot about. Just, you know, getting back in touch with that side of things. But then on the same time, like it depends on what you're doing. For me, I wouldn't just be doing garage projects like building sheds and stuff like that. So it gets to the point too where now it's Monday morning and you got to get up at four and start your week and you're all <laughs> sore because you did something you're not used to doing, right? Yeah. But that's what I like about like we do this podcast Sunday mornings. And it's an easy way for me anyway to, you know, we talk about it, we air it, and then that is the rest of my Sunday is not trucking. Yeah. Other than I got wrenching to do today, but that's because I didn't do it yesterday, so it's my own damn fault. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is hard, and, and it's something you got to stay in touch with, keeping things separate. Oh, totally. You know, like, guys got to go golfing, stuff <laughs> like that, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, was, uh, I was just talking about it the other day that I, when, I, when I did the logging thing, I fell into that where it was like that was my whole entire life for a while, and I wasn't a, I wasn't a good person, and it's not, and it's nothing to do with that industry or anything else. It's just I got so laser focused on that was all I had, and I had to keep it going. I had to do that, and I, I'd work every weekend, and I'd, you know, if I wasn't, if I wasn't actually hauling or driving, I was underneath a truck, yeah, and all weekend long, and then, you know, you'd have beers at the shop later, and then that would turn into beers at the lounge and then it was back at the shop again the next day and like didn't see my family it was terrible seeing that's that last part is exactly where it is that's fine if you're a single guy yeah right but you got a family mm-hmm. so there's there's that right and there's it's so easy for people that are looking from the outside looking in these guys on social media is terrible for it right yeah. is you see these guys that are running super clean trucks and they're super nice they're done up right but then you sit back and you think, okay, does A, something you got to think about these days is does the guy have a mortgage or is he living in his truck? Yeah. And that's why he's got nothing better to do is he's sleeping in his truck at the shop anyway. You know, and like, or is that just he's devoted to that? He's a single guy. That's all he does. Yeah. And that's fine if that's what you want to do. I did it. I was I did it as a company guy, so I had a really nice looking company truck, but I did it for years. But now that I've got a life and a wife, and I like to golf. It's uh, <laughs> well, prime example. Like my truck's not shiny, but it's clean. Yeah, because I'm polished. Well, why? Yeah, it's well, a it, ranch truck. It's fine. There you go. I I want to get mine polished. See, because that's rich I man talk. I <laughs> <laughs> well, that, it's part of planning. Is like for me, if planning that I wanted to be in a place where I can have that as an option and put it into my end of my numbers like yeah. okay not and not like hey we're gonna get it polished every month it's like okay winter's over now i'm just waiting for the right opportunity your june may june polish. yeah yeah gets a nice polish i'll try keep it up as best i can you know when it's when i can yeah. i wash it all the time like i mean my truck's always clean like you say clean but not polished yep but it needs a polish once a year and that was one thing that i used to do with the the logging trucks and and I would get them done once a year, get someone else to do them. I did them once myself, and I hate it. So why am I going to do it, right? Yeah, I don't even know how to do it. Like, I can hand polish, but when it comes to sanding and all that stuff, I just... Yeah, the, leave it to the wizards. Right? And I got buddies that say they'll come and do it. And, you know, I have no problem learning, yeah. right, for sure. Learned it, that I don't like it. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, clean but not polished. It's not like polish is making any more money, really. No. It's the old uh, chrome don't get you home. Yeah. Helps you look good doing it sometimes. But. And it helps. Like, I feel a lot better when I'm rolling down the 
Boulevard in a shiny or at least a clean truck, right? Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, you're, if we went both went to the same polish shop, your quote would probably be $1,000 less than my quote. Because my, my tank, my truck's a ranch truck. Yeah. Right? So. And I don't have, my tanks are hidden. My tanks oh, never yeah, have right. to be. Oh, yeah, aerodynamic here. Yeah. So got, like, rims. <laughs> what else is I do have stainless, well, I have stainless strip where the tanks would be, but that can't get hit with rocks. So it's, and like, I mean, to, pol- to polish that would be, like, basically take your hand and. Yeah, and give it a little buff. Stainless cleans up so much easier than aluminum, right? Yeah, You're yeah. Not gonna have to sand it. Yeah, my rims and my and my cow catcher would be the. Oh right, your cow catcher. Yep. Those are always an See, expensive polish. And there's the thing: is my opinion is if you're gonna have a cow catcher, it's gotta be polished, otherwise it looks trashy. Yeah. The, yeah, I thought about getting a cow catcher. After I almost hit six damn deer in the same night the other day. Man. <laughs> I found out my uh, ABS works real good on the trailer. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I was empty and there was no black mark there. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, like, stomped the brakes from 105 to a stop. Oh, really? I caught him. There was hair in my between my license plate and my bumper. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> no dents, no bends. and But he, I definitely caught him. I think I was going slow enough that I just kind of bumped him out of the way. Yeah. Because, yeah, he got up and ran off. I didn't have to go sacrifice a deer. It's all tribal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually almost got ate by a dog, though, because it happened right in front of a farmhouse. So I stopped. I wanted to go make sure, right? Yeah. Looking for this deer in the ditch with a flashlight, and then all of a sudden something touches the back of my leg while the farm dog came over. <laughs> Super sneaky-like. Could have just ate me. <laughs> Scared the hell out oh, of you. Oh, man. <laughs> Those, uh, like, late-night things, like, I I loved being in the bush late-night, right? Like, I always loved it, right? I'd rather be in the bush late-night than the side of the road late-night. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I've, there, there's scary things in the bush, too, right? And depends. They're usually not human, though. Well, then that's scary, too. Right? There's both ways. Yeah. I, uh, I was throwing my chains on one night and beautiful quiet night and you know big full moon and everything and i was up in swan hills country eh? yeah heading into the loader throwing a set of chains so throwing them on and i just bent down to do up my center link and all of a sudden something brushed the back of my leg oh boy i popped straight freaking up man and i was like like the hair in the back of my neck was standing up because what I saw was a flash of kind of like yellowy color, and I thought it, I thought it was a big cat. I, I thought I was done, man. Oh yeah, big cat, no good. Yeah, yeah. but what it was was a fox. Oh. And this fox brushed my leg and then jumped up onto the the snowbank beside me and just sat there, and stared at me. Yeah, he was probably messing with me. He's like, oh look at this guy. Yeah, oh totally man. But I have never been so. And so he did that to me once, and then two weeks later I was out there. And, or a week later, I was out there and I was underneath the truck because I had an air leak. And all of a sudden, something tugged on my boot. Same thing, freaked out. Same fox. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that it's it was like uh, just kind of a it was a neat a neat experience, anyways. Yeah. But at the same time, freaked right out. Super. I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, that fox was super conditioned. <laughs> I had one once, and this is actually a good lesson that I learned. Um, when I first started i would listen to my headphones yeah anytime i was out of my truck chaining up loading unloading i had my headphones in right and one day i was chaining up and it was dark i had my headphones in just having a good time and i didn't even notice my buddy pull up behind me because hauling a, 
uh, I think I was hauling a shack or a dozer or something. So his headlights didn't come around the load, right? Yeah. And he comes up and taps me on the back. Same thing while I'm in doing like my back link, right? Oh, I like, I'm pretty sure I lost consciousness. Knocked myself <laughs> out on my finger. <laughs> um, so yeah, I stopped wearing headphones when I chain up now. Yeah. That's... Not that I chain up anymore. That's a good lesson. I'd like to, I, I actually would video you trying to chain your truck up now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those full fenders would be. No, they're, I take them off. They're, when we fit them. Um, Did you pin them? No, there's set screws because I got them from a Hunter Ray colony. Oh, okay. So there's Allen key set screws and they just slide over the pipe. Oh. That's your mounts. So yeah, just leveling valve off, air up, slides off. And all of a sudden you're ready to rodeo. Not that I am ever planning to rodeo that truck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm perfectly content doing my Saskatchewan thing. No chains. Never chaining again. Yeah. Oh, there's there's guys chaining up for that one hill in Saskatchewan. Yeah, I'll just stay in the truck stop. Yeah. Right? It's just rain. It's funny how you always... Do you find this, like, if you say anything about, yeah, well, I never need to blank, like, chain up. I never need to... Within a week, you're chained up or spun out or whatever i i I've, i literally said that this winter i've never needed to chain up on the coquihalla ah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> next day chain up lights are on and i had to wear them for like 40 miles oh that's brutal i i, ha- I said that i had that happen once i said i never dropped a piece of equipment off the side of a low boy and like the next week i'm not trying to make excuses here <laughs> but i had a spotter and he spotted me right off the side of the trailer. <laughs> it was a rock truck, and I was over enough when I came off the bolster onto the tire of the trailer, and the tire being skinnier, rubber on rubber, just... Oh, shit. Yeah. So, coming back to the tire thing, do you want to buy a slightly used steer recap? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll probably just, because that's a good point, and I'm going to take a look at it again and see the actual difference, and maybe I'll just... Uh, See if the tire shop wants to buy that one. I'll buy five tires instead of four. Yeah. And That's I'm definitely going to look at those uh, X lines. Yeah, check it out. There's also, so if you go on uh, Michelin's website, uh, in I think it's in tools, like there's a toolbox on there. Okay. There is a, um, what do you call it, uh, rolling resistance calculator. Right. Oh. And you can put in the make, the tire, the size of the tire, and it'll give you the number. Of rolling resistance so you can compare two tires so maybe the x-line energy you look at it and you go okay well that's probably going to rock drill i don't really want it but you might like another michelin tire bridgestone tire whatever they have just about every one on there except for the chinese ones and so you'll put the tire in and then you can compare them and the lower the number the better see and there there's the thing is i've thought about switching brands like switching tires all together but because I'm at a staggered replacement period, like my front drives are at 75% and my back ones are due. I don't want to have mix match that much, right? Yeah. Like BFGs on my back and then Michelin's on the front. Just stick with what you know and, and take those, take those new ones, put the new ones on the front possibly. Oh yeah. Switch them around. And then your rear ones will wear, I mean, they'll be wore out sooner because the rears yeah. always wear faster in the front. Yeah. I run with my power divider in a lot. Not highway. Run on the gravel. But yeah, like as soon as I pull into a yard or onto the gravel or, or even a pull like the buffalo pound there coming north out of Moose Jaw, 
Yeah. I click it in at the, on the downstroke when everything's all relaxed. But, I mean, coming from what I used to do in running tri drives, like, you click it in when you get in it and you leave it in forever. <laughs> I, it, it surprised me the first time I drove one, a tri drive that is, how bloody useless they were with no power divider. Right? Junk. You yeah. drive over a curve, it's like, whoa, yeah. wicked. Yeah. Awesome. I have six tires <laughs> and not one of them will turn. Yeah, and the one that I need is hanging in the air. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally useless without the power divider. And tire wear. That's oh. a big difference. Even in a tandem, uh, like when you're putting weight, like running 19,000 on your tandem, uh, it makes a big difference. Yeah, and I hold when I hold logs, I always I always had it in, and when I moved equipment, I always had it in. Now with what I do now, I rarely have, you know, if I if I get my weight up front, it's that's a crazy day. Yeah, and see, I don't run mine. This is gonna sound very silly. Uh, I don't run mine going down the highway and stuff simply because I drive a Peterbilt and there's a big red thing on my dash as soon as i click my power divider in and i don't like red things on my dash so because mm -hmm. that's scary <laughs> well and, and and really there is no need uh, uh the power transfer it, it's not really that big of a difference when you're just rolling down the highway yeah, exactly because all your tires are equal traction so they're pretty well equal power yeah, yeah and it, like i said until you get into a pole yeah then that's different and uh, a reason i like to put it in in a pole is it distributes uh without lack of a better term your mess up factor i guess that's the <laughs> best way i can put it like if you miss a gear or you have a rough shift now it's distributed between two axles instead of one it's my idea there are two diffs well i can't prove you wrong so i've never blown one up so i mean maybe i'm doing something right there you go <laughs> <laughs> i blew up a power divider once though oh yeah I was thinking about it yeah on a tri drive Again, making excuses, but I don't think it's all my fault. My push truck died when we were on a dirty pull, and I went like from fourth gear to low over, kind of. Oh. And just it torqued back up, and then bang. And it was smooth. See. <laughs> it was silky. I was super impressed. It was that out of fourth, and I knew I wasn't going to get any other one, so I figured I was coming to a stop. I was like, okay, I'll try this. And it just like clunk. I'm like, oh, throttle, here we go. And yeah, like 1900 came into it silky smooth, but. I think what happened is my push truck. You're, dra you're dragging the push truck now too. Well, and I don't think he got it out of gear because it was like a D-rate shot off type oh. deal. So I think that he didn't quite have his clutch pushed in and then try drive weighted up push truck just kind of was enough to bang. There's a there's a limit to all things metal. Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. Yep. They actually, that, that was, that same trip was the one where I thought for sure I was going to blow up a truck. Because the truck they sent me to replace mine, and we were coming south out of that uh, mine that's south of Hinton on Highway 40. Yeah, yeah. And we were on one of those poles, which is dirty back there. And uh, they sent me an ex-fluid hauling truck. It's a tri-drive, but it's a T800 hay shaker, like single frame, oh. six rears, and my push truck's still dead. <laughs> and I got a 390 on, right? <laughs> so yeah, I was like, low gear, well, I told the office that it you know, if, if it blows up at this point, it's, I told us so. Right? Yeah. I told them that I needed, if they were sending me that truck, get me a bed out of Hinton or Edson to help me get going. Yeah. No, no, you'll be fine. So it was like, yeah, 1500 And then let the clutch out real gentle-like and just 
let it do its th- it didn't hop there was no hopping but oof was not good it was not <laughs> nice the tires came off the ground oh oh yeah yeah it was you know, we're at a, you know yeah it was a pull is that one of the first ones like, are you very familiar with that road yeah so you, if you were southbound you pass the chain up area and then your first pull and it was on the downside of that one where you're coming to that next bridge yeah i was 100 feet from the top of that on the northbound side it's the a, steepest parts of the road yeah so they give you a, a truck that's lighter than your truck and you have no push truck yeah oh nice yeah and so you got no brownie no well granted i was the only truck in the fleet only try driving the fleet that had a, an a box yeah but still like a bed what is that gonna cost yeah it yeah, didn't blow it up so i guess they did win on that one i don't know if there was residual <laughs> damage you know like it's 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 by just because it didn't happen doesn't mean it was right. That's right, yeah. And then I drive like I pulled that load. Granted, we got the push truck fixed, but I pulled that load with that truck. They finally switched me out. That was in Hinton. They brought me my truck in like Westlock or something like that. Because they're like, oh yeah, your truck's done. You can switch out when you get back. I'm like, no, somebody get in that thing and come meet me. Yeah. I want my truck back. Gross spare truck sleeping in it. Yuck. <laughs> you know what you mean. It's not like they get fumigated and stuff. I, right? I was oh. talking to a buddy this morning, and um, there's a how to put this nice. Uh, but another buddy drove that truck, and he got a very off color nickname for something he was caught doing in that truck. Oh, okay. And now my other buddy's driving it as a spare. And I was like, So did you flip the mattress? He's like, Oh, yeah, I flipped it. I was like, Well, what if they flipped it? And now you just did the double flip and you're back where you were. He's like, you know, thanks for that. Now I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> Sorry, man. He's going to want to put on one of those things that they put for kids. Like the, the crinkly cover there just yeah. to make sure that nothing crawls through. You'll see him just reclined in his driver's seat sleeping. Yeah. I'm not going back there. I talked to a guy uh, in Kamloops not long ago. And he was a, a biker. He was The, the reason I stopped talking to him because he had this cool old pan, right? Okay. So he's got this pan head and, and we started chatting about the pan head and then there was a pan shovel. Anyways, long story, long story short, he started talking about trucking and he said one of the last times he went out, he went to go work for this company and they put him in this old Western star, like old, uh, heritage cab, Western star. Yeah. So cool. Right. Yeah. And he was supposed to run, uh, Edmonton to, Prince George or maybe Terrace. Anyways, that was his run. It's back, back and forth across there. What he didn't know is that the truck had been pulled out of the back 40 and had a rodent problem. Mint. Yeah. So the first trip, he's like, it smelled. Said, but, you know, did my best, cleaned things up. Uh, going down the road, shaking, and he's like, I, you know, not feeling well. And also just like there's a smell. Then he found a carcass. So he got rid of the carcass, was chapped about it. They're like, yes, no, sorry, we missed that, blah, blah, blah. So he takes the truck and keeps going. Then next trip, he's going down the road and like he's really starting to not feel very well and notice this kind of weird dust or whatever. So then he kind of noticed stuff because it's, it's rough, right? Truck, yeah. The road was rough. It's this time of year, frost eaves and everything else. Well, it's a heritage cab, so it's not like it's the newest, smoothest truck. Yeah, and so up in the top, above, behind the radio, 
because that's where he noticed this dust coming from. So he thought maybe if I pop, drop this out, I can sweep some of this dust out so that it's not bothering me. It's a block of that rat poison. Oh, wicked. So he's been breathing in rat poison for... Oh, I'd be wild. Yeah. Oh. So he's still got a... But it, so in the like spare truck, beware kind of thing, like, holy man. So he's still off work. This is years. He said he he lost. Uh, he got so sick he lost fifty eight pounds. He almost almost died probably from hantavirus and rat poison. Man, I yeah. That There'd be a big be... lawsuit for me. Oh yeah. yeah, it would be very hard for me to go the lawsuit route with that. But you'd have to do something. Yeah. So I just uh, yeah. I I never you know never got a company name or anything else. And but the guy was very legit. I'm. I believe the story 100%. Yeah, like, he's not just he didn't, it. Yeah, he didn't make that up, but I just thought, oh, I think of some of the terrible spares that I've, uh, same thing, like, you're like, I don't want to sleep in here. I'm not going to, I'll drive it down the block to move the trailer, but I'm not driving it for any longer. Well, I make, if I'm driving a spare truck, company's getting me a room. Yeah. Plain and simple. Even in my own, like, if mine broke down and I got a rental, yeah. I ain't sleeping in it. <laughs> no way. Just not my cup of tea. And I think that as it like moving trucks as a company driver, one of your, like right in the interview for me, I say, okay, I want to go out and see what I'm driving and you're going to detail it before I get in it. And there's going to be a new mattress. That's, mm-hmm. I don't think that's unreasonable. Sorry. It's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks, thousand bucks, whatever. <clears throat> I don't even know what a new mattress is worth. Uh, oh, I got this paper in my office. It says, ah, <laughs> uh, 300 for the spring one and 200 or 150 for the foam one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I still don't know which way I'm going to go. I like the springs. I think they're comfy. Yeah. There's a, a have you checked out that minimizer one? Yeah, have you checked out the price tag on no. anything minimizer? <laughs> I was at uh, the shop that I use in Daysland and they're a minimizer dealer and their parts guy came out while I was standing there looking at my truck and he's looking at my fenders. He's like, oh, there's a from the Hutterites, and I was like, yeah, he's like, oh, what do you think of our minimizers, and they're more more for one set, you know, two fenders, yeah. than mine were for all four, he's like, oh, but there's a lifetime warranty, I'm like, so? Like, okay, awesome, lifetime warranty, but if I blow it up, I blow it up, how long is it going to take you to get me a new fender, right, whereas I can just go buy another one, and I know it'll be there, lickety-split, and I'm really happy with my fenders, yeah. so far, like, they're white, and I thought for sure that was going to be just atrocious. Atrocious. Yeah. And like, there's a couple grease stains on them, but that's because I switched fenders, right? So the inside rail of the fender became the outside rail. Yeah. Um, other than that, foam brush and tire and engine cleaner in the wand, and they stay white. There's no yellowing, at least. No, oh, that's good then. I'm okay with stains as long as they don't turn yellow, right? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to look like an old set of smoker's teeth, or. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's just gross. But I would go with, uh, I don't know, Minimizer makes a good product, but even that salesman said he's trying to get somebody to try out one of their seats, but they're the most expensive seat on the market. Yeah, I, that's like the Bose. I've tried the Bose seat. Awesome. Except that it sits high, which I'm not a fan of. But other than that, like I think I could get over sitting high because it rides so nice, cancels all the vibration, but... The price tag. It's five large. 
it's oh. five seats. It's five really good seats. It's five legacy seats. Yeah. So I pretty... because I'm young and I don't have I don't feel it yet. Seats aren't a big deal to me. Like I've drove trucks where buddies get in them and they're like, "How the fuck do you drive with this seat?" Um. So and I'll, the only seat experience I have is legacy silver, legacy low, and stock Kenworth and Puget Sound. Yeah. And I liked my like my stock Kenworth one was comfy. I did some tweaks to it, like I took the base off and I redrilled the holes and mounted it three or four inches farther back. But other than that, it was fine. Our editor has a question as to how you see over the hood. I don't see the hood. You don't need to see the hood. <laughs> Everything that I see from the way I sit is I can comfortably stop when I see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, it also makes sure that you have a, a correct following distance. Because right? if, you, it, <laughs> if I can't see you, I'm following too close. That's right. And I uh, feel that it encourages good posture. You know, you're always sitting up straight. Oh, there you go. You've yeah. got some theories. I and I like I said I can't disprove them. Yeah. I, I always like to sit low because I got a long body. I'm a pretty big guy and I got a long body. I'm weirdly proportioned. Like I got long legs, but I'm not. I'm I'm consider myself a short fucker, but it's all in my legs. I'm and I'm just the opposite. So I'm six two. Yeah. I have a thirty two ish in inseam at six two. I'm all body. And I have a thirty two inch inseam at whatever I am. I don't know, I haven't measured. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because like weird actually that we have the same inseam. Yeah, and and I'm probably six inches taller. Yeah, at least yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I sit the way I do. And my truck is the first truck I've drove where I don't have knee problems at the end of the day. So my knees are trash from riding BMX bikes when I was younger. Oh okay. Yeah, like just trashed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, six feet in the air to a flat landing, you bet my knees will take it. They're like shock absorbers. Oh yeah, because yeah. you're you're young. And now I'm 25 and I got knees like a 40 year old. Wicked. <laughs> Hey, I don't resemble that remark. <laughs> but yeah, so I sit like the best way to explain how I sit is just like being in a lazy boy. Like my feet are straight out. Yeah, I I had that Which in my W nine and I liked it. Yeah. And I I don't like that about my seat now. I I I've said I did my truck review. Yeah. Which I, I don't, watched. You should shamelessly drop that on. Shamelessly him. plug my fifty seven hundred. Yeah. Truck on, review on YouTube. Semi crazy. Yeah, it's a good review. Like I'm a Peterbilt guy. I'm driving a 2005 Peterbilt. You know, sitting cool on a stool, just loving life. And after watching that review, I'm like, hmm, it would. I would test drive one if I was going to buy a new truck. I test yeah. drive a W992. So. I in in all truth, I think we talked about that 990 thing before, and it's our editor will get mad. Speaking yeah. of our editor, <laughs> we keep talking about the same stuff. I that seat thing. I just the. I like I I like the setting low. Legacy lows are just like for me. That's where it's at. I'll I'll get one here. It's just I have the same constraints. I still have numbers that are like okay. Yeah, I can't go spend everything I want on my truck. I have like a timeline. Of Isn't like, that so hard? Like especially going from a company driver where you're like, oh, these guys don't want to give me a new stereo, <laughs> right? And now I'm driving around with this truck. And I'm like, I just drive without radio on. That's fine. Yeah. So here's something that I think you might run into if you get a legacy low is does it, then your whole dynamic of steering wheel angle and everything's going to change. That's what I kind of wondered too. So well, to take a look at my truck before you leave, and I did. Well, I didn't do it. I can't take credit for it, but my buddy that bought the truck modded it. Oh, hardcore! Yeah, did some made major difference stuff. 
Well, and I've seen, I never knew you could do it, but I've seen guys do it on classics, on Freightliner classics, sit on the floor in a classic. And then I've also seen a few guys, full disclosure, I don't really like Columbia's, but seen a couple guys that are doing Freightliner Columbia with no, with no, like basically no area ride in the seat. And they've modified their column and their columns are, I didn't think there was any way you could modify that column. I think if you're modifying anything on a Freightliner Columbia, you need to seriously reconsider yourself. <laughs> Way to alienate all the Columbia guys. I think they're cool. They Just... look cool. Some of them, maybe one or two out of however many there are out there. But, yeah. No, um... there's thousands of them out there. I think, I think that may be the reason they're starting to see more guys do them is because they're affordable and there's so many of them. You can get them so cheap. Yeah. Like on your purchase price. Yeah. Yeah, you I, can get them yeah. but you can get a corn binder cheap too yeah and if you were to go in i i always try to couch things with in my opinion yeah in my opinion i would go 9300 9400 binder i think is a better like if you're if it's a you're buying an old fleet truck because for whatever reason that's that's in your budget that's where you're going hey you start where you start yeah right i, I would have started i wouldn't have started with peterbilt if i didn't get the one that I got. Yeah, you I got a deal really, from a friend. Yeah, I would realistically be in a binder. Because I was looking at one the other day on Kijiji. It was... I, he didn't even put the... He didn't put the year or the mile, exact mileage in the ad, which drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a binder. It's a 9900iX, the long hood or whatever. And it's like 40 grand. And it's a nice, clean-looking truck. 46 rears, owner-operator, guys retiring. Yeah. Super clean truck. So they're they're but they're affordable, and I mean I guess they leave money to be spent at the chrome shop, but still, if you're building a truck like Columbia, I I think it's going to cost more than it's worth. But if that's what cranks your tractor, well, right on. There you go. Taking pride in your ride is taking pride in your ride, no matter what it is. That's true. You can't shit on a guy for that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I joined the Arrow Gang, which was and and it, I dragged myself there kicking and screaming, really, because I I like big hoods. I mean my my last road truck was W9B, which is my still favorite. To look at I, well no no my w9a is my favorite all the time but realistically where are you going to find w9a for under two hundred thousand dollars yeah i'm okay may know a guy with the same last name as me has one in the shop but i'm not driving it so <laughs> yeah those are rv pullers it'd be very hard for me to buy one of those and take it to work every day because they're just beautiful yeah if i was going to go arrow though i have seen more and more guys doing them up is the Arrow Peets, whatever they are. Can't, I'm not good at model numbers. Five something. Uh, the the new one with wider cab. Yeah. Yeah, uh, five seventy nine. Yeah, and then there's the older version of that. Three eighty six. Right. So I've seen a couple of those. There's actually one that was for sale through that uh, Jay Brandt. Yeah. That I seen ended up hauling uh, grain trailers in Saskatchewan. So I see them quite regularly. Yeah, they those could be a, a good looking truck. I like the. Well, obviously, like fifty seven hundred. I do like the Pete. Uh, I've even seen. I haven't seen any up here, but I've seen in the states where guys have ordered six eighty Kenworths, six eighties, not eight eighties, with the side mounted exhaust and low uh, low air leaf, like the Pete. Well, they call it um, what is it? Air glide. The car hauler. Air guy. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's basically it's Pete because it, Packard's Packard, right? So it's the Pete low low air ride. And then an air ride front end on a 680 with side mounted exhaust. 
look sharp. And uh, the 880 just doesn't do it. The, the way the headlights and stuff are doesn't lend itself to being cool unless it's got big tires on it. No, exactly. And when you look at an 880, it's not the first thing that jumps out like, oh, it needs stacks. Yeah. Right? When I look at your track, that it jumps out at me. I'm like, oh, it needs side-mounted exhaust. Yeah. Do you have a grass burner on your truck? I'm me, yes. That's what I thought. I seen it the other day when I was uh, fueling up and you were at the Petro there. Oh, yeah. That's strange. Yeah, it will be easy to put stacks behind the cab. And I've seen some with them on with them side-mounted, but That's I don't what know. You need to do. It'd be a it'd be a, a harder way to go to put them side mounted. You gotta hack through that nice plastic yeah. aerodyniness on the side. Yeah, but it does look pretty damn good when it's done. You sent me that picture of that one the other day. Yeah, and I was like, "Yep, mm-hmm. that's what your truck needs." Yeah, it would look really good, and then it wouldn't look the same as what Marlon's got going on. Yeah, I think the first thing you need to do to your truck is put a dump switch on your front end and see where that gets. I've got the I got the blueprint already. Put a patter. Yeah. It's Sunday, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, remember that Sunday not working thing? So. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh actually funny you say that because I'm going to buy those buy my valves this week and i'm hoping to have some downtime through the week to plumb them in i know how to do it now so downtime during the week you say what now you don't make any money with downtime during the week if you do it right you do (laughs) (laughs) i got a pretty give me that that blueprint please Uh, (laughs) i got a a skookum plan here so it's we all know how uh, often that all goes the way you plan it but when it does it's awesome i find myself with my plan for next week it backed into that same corner that we've talked about before where you had a bad week before so you try and make up for it it's hard that's that's where you almost have to the the way these things come back around the best is if you just let it go that's what i had to do this week i was worked up for it about yeah. it and then it got to the point where i was like whatever i don't care i got my trailer service so i lost another half a day there and um my buddies with you know the guy that does all the servicing uh he's one of the owners of the company so i was sitting there and i was booking my load home and i was like just looked down like is there anything else you want to do do you want to just sit around and drink beer even i can book this load for tomorrow morning like don't care yeah but uh i ended up getting after it because it was like i couldn't call it a day at 11 o'clock in the morning right? <laughs> um or you'd have been there drinking beer with him yeah i think it was more like we we talked about it a bit and it was more that he had stuff to do yeah and He'd love to drink beer. We'd both love to sit there and drink beer, but it was probably not the most responsible business <laughs> choice. Well, look at you go. Right? Yeah. I think I I did one thing right this week. <laughs> and I'm actually glad that I did because it comes back to that, you know, uh, trucking is my therapy, but it's the reason I need therapy. I was in a foul mood. I have no idea why this changed, but I was in a bad mood all day. Well, all week, really. And... Uh, I crossed the Alberta line Friday night, and I was only planning on going to Wainwright. It was like 10.30 at night. I had lots of hours left on my clock because I spent all morning servicing the trailer, right? Didn't start my clock till noon. Yeah. And uh, then my mood came around to, like, literally gearing down to pull into the co-op in Wainwright. And I was like, huh, sun's kind of still up. It's 10.30. Whatever. Let's go. I'll go to Viking. And then I get just out of Wainwright and kind of start rethinking my idea and i was like whatever I'll, I'll get myself there crack an energy drink at like midnight horrible idea <laughs> and i uh, turned up the tunes and by the time i got to niscu i was pulling into blackjack so i was totally reinvented man 
<laughs> so it's it's funny how that you know can just kick you all week and then a stretch of road like comes back to what we were saying earlier that's a stretch of road i know and, and you like yeah and it's curvy but it doesn't have hills and i didn't see a truck like there's a guy behind me for a little while but we got into those curves just west of uh Kinsella there yep and he chickened out didn't i didn't see him again <laughs> but uh it's nice when things can come around like that yeah. so literally in in probably 15 minutes going from thinking oh why am i doing this to this is why i'm doing this right <laughs> it happens that way it is like i said that the more you just kind of let it go the better it gets like yeah like at the end of the week i just kind of sat back and i haven't done my numbers for the week yet but i know i made enough to afford my shop time so yeah and yeah. you can't the other the other thing is if if a person gets too obsessed with numbers week by week oh, or geez. load by load like i see so much of it in the ltl side right i don't even and this is a horrible thing to say but i don't even look at my rates i trust my dispatcher that she ain't gonna make me go to work for free <laughs> And I don't want to be sitting there because when I was on percentage, I put myself in that rabbit hole every day. Yeah. And you're just in a foul mood. Oh, well, this load only pays this. Why am I even doing? I do the same thing, man. I I let I just let it. Okay, that's uh, so I got to go where and pick up. Oh, okay, right on. That's yeah. good. And it's it'll work out the, at the end of the month. And if it doesn't, then you just go into your dispatcher and say, hey, next month's got to be better, and you've got to, or that's that, right? Yeah. It's it's not a good spot to be feel like you're not in control, especially when you own your truck. And chasing chasing rates or chasing anything like you have a bad load, like you you know, it's it's not all backhauls. I mean, I get some stuff where it's where it's round tripped, and then if I get a backhaul, it's a bonus. Yeah, yeah. And then there's other times where it's like, no, no, you got paid the head haul, and you need a you need a backhaul to make it pay right. Yeah. And so there's been times though where I've I've ran down. Uh, someplace and had a planned backhaul and especially with all this covid stuff it just went it was gone yep and then i end up coming back with less than i want on the deck and i'm coming back and i could go down that rabbit hole and go geez i didn't make any money on this run but i don't i'm just like okay whatever we'll make it up on the next one and that's exactly it is if you don't make it up on the next one yeah i was working for a guy on percentage and I ran from Morinville to Lethbridge, and the load paid $750, and I was getting percentage off of that. Eee. And then I ran from Lethbridge to Bruderheim empty. That didn't, was, didn't you tell me you waited a long time in uh, Yeah, so Lethbridge that was too? after sitting at the elevator for six and a half hours. Yeah. But granted, the guy that was running this show... Uh, called me when I was leaving the elevator in Morinville at 10 o'clock in the morning and asked if I could be in Bruderheim for 7 o'clock that night. And then when I said, yeah, you bet, he thought I was serious. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was sitting at the elevator that night, he called me just losing his mind. And I'm like, man, you actually thought that was possible? Like, come on. <laughs> and uh, so that was the first time I got to experience 100-mile-an-hour uh, dispatching with 60-mile-an-hour trucks. Uh. That is the best way I can explain working for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> There's, oh, there's a fair bit of that out there. You see it all over the, uh, you know, the boards and stuff where people are super truckers that are in charge. Yeah, and 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 you see the results of it by just the turnover. Well, I seen actually speaking of boards, a buddy of mine sent me a picture the other day. It was a D8 or something. It was a dozer. 
It's definitely a D8 or smaller. From Calgary to McMurray or Edmonton, I think it was. One of the two, anyway. Uh, and it was... <laughs> bids are like eight grand, six grand, you know, five grand, back up to seven, you know, within reason. And then, I can't remember... Well, I shouldn't name it anyway, but somebody comes in. Yeah. 3500 <laughs> You dicks. There was a chance to make money, and you came in with your little keyboard and screwed it up. And, uh, yeah... I don't know. I was raised that if you get called a super trucker, then it's fighting words. <laughs> yeah. Way too many super truckers running the company. Like if you're in an interview and the guy sitting on the higher inside of the desk is like telling you all these stories about how he used to wash his truck every day and he'd go from, you know, yeah. three days without sleeping, just turn around and walk out. Yeah. That's what he's going to expect out of you. Yeah. Right. What's the point? Oh, you're totally right. And those guys that come in with those rates like that, I mean, it's, it's going to change that like they can't, they can't live like that for long. No, they'll, they'll come in, they do it. I mean, and there's always, it. yeah, that guy has no idea. Yeah. It took me a long time to get my money out of that guy too. So yeah. you got to think about that, right? Yeah. We've all, I, I, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but I've worked for people like that too. And if you and, haven't, it's not, it's not when it's if, so if you haven't just beware moving forward that you're going to come across it, yeah. there's no way not to. Yeah, it's it's out there, and that but there's lots of good places out there. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And it sucks to have to leave when you're put in a position to have to leave a good place because they ran out of work, and then you're back. You know, like for me, I've changed jobs a lot. I've changed carriers or however you want to put it. When I was a company driver, I bounced around. Yeah. But I was chasing the work. Yeah, we were we were talking about that off air about the, especially in the heavy haul side of things within Alberta. We know, like, within Alberta, there seems to be a lot of that, and it's on who gets the bids. And I guess it's symptomatic of there isn't enough work for the companies that are there, which is probably why there's a lot of company failures right now as well. Yeah, and I think that for heavy haul, things are coming. We're at a turning point. It's going to go one of two ways, and I'm very interested to see which way it goes. And if it goes the better way, I could definitely see myself venturing back down that road i just yeah. don't, don't know what i'd do with my truck but uh that's exactly it it's the heavy haul industry is i've ran into the same group core group of guys since i got into the industry and i've seen uh, it's just which truck are they getting out of that day mm-hmm. that's all it is right yeah it's uh it's very small like i bounced around but again you gotta you in a in a thing like that where the industry has so many good hands and there's only so much work to go around you can't be afraid to jump ship as soon as you see it starting to slow down because i'd rather be one guy looking for work and everybody wondering why i'm looking for work than be in a pool of 30 guys looking for work yeah right well and and it also speaks to you know keep your reputation oh yeah hugely because right, right now guys have their choice yeah Oh, yeah. Especially like in that heavy haul side, I'd imagine there's lots of guys out there with pretty good resumes who still aren't working. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know uh, quite a few. Yep. Yeah. And and if you're if you've got even if you've got a decent resume but a shitty attitude, you're probably not working right now. Yep. Unless the dispatcher has the same attitude, and then you might be. But whatever. <laughs> the heavy haul industry and dispatchers. Well, I don't know how to put this properly. Heavy haul, I think, is one of the last industries that you could 
bed your way into work. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's just how it is, I guess. I don't know. Seen lots of guys go down that road. Yeah. You know, you drive. I used to live close to one of my dispatchers, and uh, you know, you see the truck that was parked next to you and in the yard parked at the dispatcher's house. All of a sudden, <laughs> that truck's parked next to you in the yard more because he's getting all the work. Yeah. I believe that if you're a good hand, you should go to work. Plain and simple. Yeah, and it should be on your merit, not on who you know. Yep. And and not on seniority and not on... But granted, that who you know thing, I, I can't. Maybe I don't totally agree with that because I've definitely put words in for guys, <laughs> right? And I've had words put in for, for me. That's that's different. You're 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 vouching for the guy, but if the guy's a you're not vouching for a guy that doesn't have the credentials. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That's that's a different thing. Yeah. Working, you know, seeing guys go to work that are just going to work because of who they know and not what they know. Yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's combination, okay. Well, I get it. Well, if, yeah. If you, you and know I know the right people and you're a good hand, well, you're gonna go to work. Right? Yeah. You and I show up at a place and you know the guy and I don't, and we've got the same credentials. You're getting the job. And yep. and as well you should because you have one up on me. Yep. That's just it's the way it is. Square. Yep. It's a competitive industry. Yeah. But you can there's a difference between competition and cooperation. Yep. There was a fancy word that I heard one day in a business course for that and the combining the two, but I I heard a truck driver, I don't remember things very well. <laughs> but oh we should probably wrap this up because I got wrenching to do. Yeah, ten four. You've been listening to the semi crazy podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. You can find me on Instagram, Luke Dirk Phillips. And you can find me on Instagram, Semi Crazy Inc. And on Facebook, Semi Crazy Truck Pictures. Thanks for listening.